We are delighted uh, that God has brought you. And the big deal is today we want launch a seven-week homecoming season. Now here's the deal. I'm praying that over the course of the next 49 days, seven weeks, you will offer the Lord your best. And I believe if you have the spirit of Jesus in you, you got, you got it in you. Those of you online, you got it in you to do what the Lord is calling you to do. I believe if you give it your best, the Lord is gonna take your relationships, your life, your joy, your hope, your peace to a whole new level if you do your best. And so maybe you wanna know, well, what would my best look like? I'll explain. Does this make me look more intelligent (laughs) or just old? Let me read this story. An old man lived alone in the country. He wanted to dig his potato garden, Uh, but it was very hard work because the ground was really hard. His best friend, Fred, who used to help him, uh, was in prison serving 20 years for a crime of which he'd been convicted. The old man wrote a letter to his imprisoned buddy and described his predicament. Dear Fred, I'm feeling pretty bad right now because it looks like I won't be able to plant my potato garden this year. I'm getting pretty old to be digging up a garden plot all by myself. Now, if you were here, all my troubles would be over. I know you would dig the garden for me. Love, Tom. A few days later, he received a letter from Fred who wrote from jail, Dear Tom, for heaven's sake, don't dig up that garden. That's where I buried the bodies. (laughs) Love, Fred. (laughs) Okay, at 6 a.m. the next morning, FBI agents and local police arrived and dug up the entire area without finding any bodies. They apologized to the old man and left. That same day, the old man received another letter from his imprisoned friend. Dear Tom, go on and plant your potatoes now. It's the best I can do under the circumstances. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's good. It's the best I can do under the circumstance. Well, here's your circumstance. If you are a follower of Jesus, the spirit of Christ is in you. And I'm gonna challenge you over the next 49 days, seven weeks. Number one, I hope you received one of these when you walked in, calendar of events on one side, our homecoming challenge on the other. I'm gonna challenge you to be drawn by the Spirit of God into worship every weekend for the next seven weekends. I want you to get these experiences, the teachings that Ray and I will bring you. Secondly, I'm gonna challenge you. The homecoming challenge is that you will be in the Word of God every day. When you walk out today, you will be given a study guide. Use this to be in the Word of God every day. It's five days a week. Um, I have... Uh, my own study, I do, so this is supplemental. But if you miss a day, you can catch back up. You see, Jesus is the living word. This is his written word. So when you engage with the living word and the written word, this is how you know him. In fact, this is how he knows you. Do you remember when Jesus told the story about people who would come up to him and tell him how awesome they were and how wonderful things they had done? And Jesus said, hey, I don't even know you. This is how Jesus knows you, 
by your worship. This is how Jesus knows you and know, and you know him through your interaction with his word. And then I would like for you to make a decision. I want you to take this home, stick it on your fridge, stick it in your Bible, put it on your bathroom beer, your computer screen, wherever you visit frequently to remind yourself that you are deciding today that you will begin to serve people here at this church, kids, babies in the nursery, teenagers, somebody, you will begin to serve in Jesus' name. See, if the spirit of Christ is in you, this authenticates that reality because Jesus serves. And finally, I would like for you to do this study guide, grab a couple of friends or your family and take one time a week at Starbucks in your home just to set aside a time to be with friends or family and go through the study guide together because we grow more effectively and more fully as we engage with God's word with people who care about us and people that we care about. <laughs> Maybe you're here for the first time and you're thinking, dang, I didn't expect this. I was gonna be challenged. Hey, is this really a church? Yeah, baby. <laughs> I mean, maybe you wonder, maybe we all need to know how to answer this question. What is a church? I say that word church, what immediately comes to mind? Do you think of this big Gothic religious building? A church is not a building. Our Jesus did not die for a building. Jesus died for people. The church is people. Yeah. Or... <laughs> Or maybe you say, well, I'm not really uh, into organized religion. Hey, you're in the right place. We're really disorganized. Um, you know, maybe you've heard someone say, well, I can worship out on the lake or on the golf course or at Soldier Field. No, no, you can't because worship is not something done in isolation. Worship is something done as a part of a family. You see, the church is not a building or an organized religious institution. The church is a spiritual family, a spiritual family. Now, maybe that sounds a little uh, weird or off-center to you, spiritual family, but we don't have to be in the dark about how God describes and defines his church. On the day the church was born, the very day that God gave birth to the church, when it was exactly the way he wanted it to be, here's how God describes the church. Those who believed, you probably know the New Testament was not written in English, it was written in Greek. The Greek word for believed is pistis, it means to fully surrender. Those who fully surrendered and were baptized. Notice that belief comes before baptism. Those who believed and were baptized, they were added to the church. They joined with the other believers and devoted themselves. That's the challenge. The challenge is that you're gonna devote yourself to the apostles' teaching 24-7. At every opportunity, in every place, they taught Jesus. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. And so that's what we're asking you to do. Devote yourself to Jesus and to fellowship. Now, fellowship wasn't just hanging out together. Fellowship was actually serving each other. Me taking my strengths and serving you. You taking your strengths and, and serving babies or children or teenagers or, or other people. They worshiped together. 
met in small groups in homes, this is my favorite part, and shared their meals, buy me lunch, with great joy and thankfulness. Little subliminal suggestion. But do you see where we get our homecoming challenge? It's right from the behaviors, the activities that the first believers in Jesus, where they invested all their energy and all their effort, worshiping every weekend in the word of God, learning about Jesus every day, engaged with other believers and serving each other in Jesus' name. So here's God's definition of the church. A church family is a group of baptized believers who join together in a commitment to Jesus, his word, his worship, and his people. Now, maybe uh, you want to know why, what, 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 what's the big deal you're making about the church? And what's the big deal about these behaviors? I'll tell you something. These behaviors are catalytic. That means when you worship every weekend and when you are engaged with the word of God every day, and when you serve other people, and when you are engaged in real relationships, learning and growing in Jesus, man, it sets something off in your life. It sets something off in your marriage. It sets something off in your parenting. It'll even set something off in your finances and your feelings. These are catalytic, and they are like jet fuel to your spiritual life. They propel you forward in every area of your life. So I want to spend the rest of my time giving you reasons, the Bible's top reasons for taking this homecoming challenge to be in worship every weekend. And now that we have, uh, for the last couple of years, this online ministry, if a child is sick and you're at home, or if you're away uh, to visit grandma, you can be with us online. And we thank God for you guys that join us every week online. There's just really no excuse that the spirit of Christ is in you every weekend, either publicly here or online, to be in his word every day. We, we, we help you with tools like this, to be with others in God's word and to serve. But let me give you the Bible's top reasons. Here's reason number one um, is the relationship reason. The church is God's family. Uh, It's not a collection uh, of individuals, it's a family. Now, I know my family inside and out, just as you know your family inside and out. And I came into my family through physical birth, but I come into the family of God through spiritual rebirth, being born again. Let me show you a picture. This is my mom and dad, Bill and Nadine Clark. They've been married for 72 years. Yeah. I'm not worthy. Um, 70 years ago, I came into this family, their firstborn son, I came into this family through physical birth. 70 years ago, came into this family through physical birth. But 60 years ago, when I was 10 years old, I came into God's family through spiritual rebirth. I was born again. I got new life. I was baptized in Jesus. All my sins were washed away past at that present 10-year-old age and all into the future. That's what happens to everyone who is born again 
and is baptized and who receives the spirit of God. Let me show you from the word of God. By his boundless mercy, his mercy has no bounds. It's unlimited. It is immeasurable. Now, mercy is a big deal word because God's mercy, that's God protecting you and protecting me from bad stuff we deserve for bad stuff we've done. But God shows us mercy instead of the consequences. By his boundless mercy, we need to be boundless because our sins are boundless. By his boundless mercy, God has given us the privilege of being born again so that now, so that we are now members of God's own family. It's a family of God. And then we want everyone here. Probably the vast majority of you are members of God's family. And so for you, you don't even blink your eye when it's suggested that you be in worship every weekend, that you be in the word every day, because that's what the spirit of Christ does. That you serve, that's what the spirit of Christ does. If you're in the family of God and the spirit of Christ is in you, this challenge is just how you live your life anyway. Look at the word of God. The Bible says that family, family of God is the church, the church of the living God. Now get this, the support and foundation of the truth. Now this support, when you function in the family of God, when you are engaged, when you are invested in the family of God, you get supernatural support. How do I know that? The truth is Jesus himself. So Jesus, when you are in God's family, Jesus begins to support your family, support your marriage, support your parenting, support your finances, support your feelings. In fact, he becomes the unshakable foundation upon which everything in your life is built. Even when the world is going crazy around you and the storms of life assail you, you stand firm with your joy. You stand firm with your hope. You stand firm with your love. You stand firm with your peace because you have based your life and founded your life. You are supported by the supernatural love of Jesus and you are doing life on the unshakable foundation of Jesus, the truth. Okay. Okay, that's reason number one. It's a relationship reason. We are members of the family of God. But here's reason number two. From the beginning, God chose for the church to be his family. This is the adoption reason. Now, my parents didn't choose me. They chose to have a child and they got stuck with me. And I, I didn't get to choose my parents. Um... I was honored to have them as parents, but adoption is a whole different deal. We, my Debbie, back in 1978, gave birth to our first son, Joshua, and then in 81, our second son, Jacob. But the children that we adopted, we chose them. Of all the little boys in Haiti, we chose Wilkie to be our son. Of all the little girls in Haiti, we tro chose Lovia, to be our daughter. They were our choice. We, we did not fall head over heels in love with the other little boys in Haiti or the other little girls. These children, we want you to be ours. We want you to live in our home, be our family. We want you to wear our name. We want you to be Wilkie Clark and Lovia Clark. 
Here's what the word of God says. Even before God made the world, before there was one star in space, before any planets were spinning in, in the heavenlies, God chose us. You see, before he thought up the creation, he thought of you. He chose us to be his very own through what Christ would do for us. Well, what would Christ do for us? Christ who is God, Christ the Son of God who is as much God as God the Father is God. Christ would leave heaven, would set aside all his divine characteristics, being all-powerful, being all-knowing, being ever-present. And he would take on the limits of a human body, the limits of flesh. He would become God in the flesh. And in that flesh, he would live a perfect, sinless life. It wasn't easy. He had to tenaciously battle his way through every temptation with you in mind. He knew that if he could live a sinless life, he could impute to you his glory and beauty of his perfection. If he could live a, a sinless life, he could take upon himself all our ugly, evil imperfections. And so he did it. He did it for you. And that enables us to say yes. Not everybody says yes to being a child of God. Some people ignore the opportunity to be adopted by God. Some people reject the opportunity to be adopted by God. Only those who surrender fully to Jesus, who came to earth through human birth and lived a sinless, sinless life, only those who surrender to him are accepting the invitation to become members of the family of God. Check this out, word of God. The Bible says God's unchanging plan has always been to adopt us, me and you, into his family. And he did this by sending Jesus Christ. Oh, it goes beyond living a sinless life. He sent Jesus to die for us. It was in our place. It was as our substitute. So that when Jesus died on the cross, he was absorbing in his death, in his agony, all the punishment I deserve for my sins. When Jesus bled out on the cross, he was taking the full penalty of your sins. He was made to be our sin, the Bible says, that we might be made right with God. So we have a, a relationship reason to take our homecoming challenge. We have an adoption reason. We've been adopted into the family of God. And number three, we have a sacrificial reason. Jesus died so you could be part of God's family. He didn't die for a building. He didn't die for an institution or an organization. He died for you. He died for people so that people could become part of the family of God. Why? Why? This blows our minds. Christ loved the church. That's you. Christ loved the church. And out of that love, he gave himself up for her. Now, this is not being a part of God's family. It's not like a one and done. This is an eternal deal. This is a forever deal. That's the next reason. The forever reason to take the homecoming challenge. The forever reason to be in worship every weekend because forever starts now when you're in worship to be in the word of God. Forever starts now when you're engaged in God's word daily. Forever starts now when you serve other people in Jesus' name. Forever starts now when you are engaged with other people to grow spiritually in your relationship with God. The forever reason the church, God's family, is the only thing on earth that will last forever. The Chicago Bears will not last forever. 
I think the Chicago Cubs have already given up the ghost. <laughs> Starbucks will not last forever. McDonald's will not last forever. Walmart nor Wall Street will last forever. The only entity that is eternal and lasts forever and just gets better and better and stronger and stronger all the time is the church of Jesus Christ. The family of God is forever. And so when you say yes to God's offer to adopt you and surrender your life fully to Jesus, you're saying yes to eternity in the presence of God. Heaven is you getting to do what you love most. What do you love most? That's what you get to do forever. You get to do what you love most with those people you love best, all in the presence of Jesus. And eternity starts now. Heaven starts now as we are engaged in worship every weekend, in the word every day, in real relationships, in a study of God's word, and in serving others. Here's what the Bible says. Glory belongs to God in the church and in Christ Jesus. It's for all time and all eternity. Amen. In fact, one Bible author said it in as simple terms as possible. He said this, we will be, we will be with the Lord together forever. Okay, got to hustle here. One more reason. Um, it's the prevailing reason. God's family always ultimately wins, always. We may suffer some setbacks. We may have to endure COVID. There may be major disruptions. We may have to endure losses, but ever and again, God wins for us. Here's the deal. It's not just for this great big piece of God's family right here. It's for you. Jesus is at work to your good right now. You suffer. You're called to endure loss. Hurtful things happen. Hurtful things are said, but you endure because though you can't see what he's doing, though you don't know what he's doing, you don't, though you don't know when it'll get done, you know this, God is at work to your good. Even when life is at its worst, God is at work to your good. Somehow, some way, God's working everything together for the good of those who are members of God's family. So Jesus made this promise. Here's the deal. David doesn't do it. You don't do it. We don't do it. Jesus says, I will build my church and all the, hell, all the powers of hell will not prevail against it. No, we take on the gates of hell. We storm the gates of hell. We make it hard to go to hell in the state line because our Jesus is the prevailing power. So how do I get his prevailing power in my life, in my marriage, in my parenting, in my finances, in my feelings? I'm in worship every weekend. I'm in his word every day. I serve him, serve him, serve him. How can I not? I am his unworthy servant out of all that he has done. Living that sinless life, dying on the cross, being raised from the dead, being good to me every day of my life, better than I deserve, allowing me to be your pastor. How can I not but serve Jesus, who is my King and my Lord? He's coming. He's coming again. I want to be ready. I want to meet him. I want to be in glory with him. For, and I want you with me. I want to be together with the Lord forever. Okay. Final reason, be in worship every weekend. It's the big benefit reason. 
The greatest privilege in life is being part of God's family. It's not being accepted at your number one college. It's not making the cheerleading squad or the basketball team. It's not when your candidate is elected into office. It's not when your football team wins and wins and wins. The biggest privilege in life is not the amount of money you have in your bank account or the number of letters behind your name. The biggest privilege in life is being a member of God's family. The Bible says it this way, God has given us the privilege. Do you know people who think it's there, they feel like they're entitled? They deserve? It's my right? God says, it's our privilege. God has given us the privilege of being born again so that we are members now of God's own family. Well, I know how I came into the Clark family, but how am I born again into the family of God? Jesus said it once, and his one statement was intended to last forever. It's unchanging. Here's how Jesus said it. He said, listen to this eternal truth. Before a person can even perceive or experience God's kingdom, they must first experience a spiritual rebirth. Unless you are born of water, that's baptism, and the spirit, you will never enter God's kingdom. There was a guy, a close friend of Jesus, and when he had the opportunity on the day the church was born to put this in the simplest language possible that anyone could understand, even me, here's how he said it. His name was Peter and he said, here's the deal. Here's how you are born again. Change your life. Turn to God and be baptized, each of you, in the name of Jesus Christ so your sins are forgiven. Get your sins washed away. Put your past behind you. Bury your baggage. Have your sins fully forgiven, past, present, and future, and receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. God is spirit. Jesus is spirit. The Holy Spirit is spirit. That's how the three of them can permeate each other and be one. You have a spirit. That's how God's spirit can permeate with your spirit and you and he be one. He can fill you to the full with his spirit. In fact, I'd like to pray that he would do that right now. If you'll stand with me, please. As I pray, as you listen to my prayer, I want you to pray along with me. But as you do, you may think, you know, I'm really not feeling anything. That's okay. I'm not praying for a feeling of the Holy Spirit. I'm praying for a filling of the Holy Spirit. That's a fact, Jack. I just saw stripes. um. Okay, bow your heads. Close your eyes so you can look into your own heart. Pray with me, please. Heavenly Father, there is no God like our God who would willingly send his son. Jesus, there is no God like our God who would willingly come to be one of us, to live sinlessly for us and die mercilessly on the cross on our behalf, in our place as our substitute, and who would be raised victoriously from the dead. And you invite us into your holy family and invite us to have the Holy Spirit living in our hearts You are amazing. I pray, Holy Spirit, that you come into this space right now, online and in this room. And that you fill every heart, online and in this room. Please fill, please fill, please bring a filling of the Holy Spirit upon every heart in this place. 
and online. We receive the spirit of the living God. We say, yes, we'll be adopted into the children of God. This church is a family of God. We love you. We worship you. We, we read of your work. We get to know you through your word. We serve you and we love others in Jesus' name. A stinking man. Thank you so much for listening to the Central Wired podcast. Be sure to stay connected with us at centralwire.com and have a great week.